chapter number 10. Mark chapter number 10. As we continue tonight, and uh, appreciate all of you praying for those many requests that we had. I entitled this third lesson here out of Mark chapter number 10 tonight because we're thinking about not just children, but we are focusing on the emphasis of this passage we've looked at the last two Wednesday nights. And I've entitled tonight's uh, message, uh, Faith in the Father. Faith in the Father. And hopefully you'll see that tonight as we look into the scriptures. Mark chapter number 10, beginning in verse number 13. They brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Now, we've been talking about this matter of not hindering children from coming to the Lord. We, of course, have children's ministry here every Sunday, every Wednesday. I believe in ministering to children. I think it is a worthwhile ministry that we would reach children while they are young so that they have an entire life to live for the Lord. And I, I think it's exciting when you, when you look into the scriptures and you see like tonight in this passage in the last two Wednesday nights, Jesus turning his attention towards these children and really towards these parents. Now I know the motivation for these parents were that many viewed Jesus as a, a tremendous teacher, as a religious rabbi, uh, a man that had wisdom and knowledge, probably the way they viewed it beyond his years. And certainly you can go back to when he was 12 years old in the temple and, and they were sitting there and they were just dumbfounded how this 12-year-old knew so much scripture, so much truth, so much doctrine. And so they, they brought their children. This was customary in the day to bring children to the Lord. But you know, this passage goes beyond just children, just reaching children. Now, certainly it does. I think the immediate context does talk about that, but I think it goes beyond that. It talks about the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's so important that we understand this matter of the work of the kingdom, that God's left us here so that other people can be, become a part of the kingdom of God. And there is a great work to do here and the emphasis, as Jesus has here, is, is about not hindering children from coming to him. But the reality is, look, folks, as a church, as a Christian, we shouldn't hinder anyone from coming to the Lord. Uh, you know, I, I pray in my life that I, by my words and by my deeds, would never be a stumbling block from keeping someone else from coming to the Savior. I hear a lot of people that are not Christians when I start to talk to them and they bring up someone that, you know, again, I might be at their house, I might be in a restaurant, and they start to tell me about so-and-so, which I never know who those people are. But really what they're saying is, is that, you know, I might have listened, but because of the way this person lived their life and they said they were a Christian, 
then I thought to myself, I don't want nothing to do with it because look how they're living their lives. It doesn't line up with what they're trying to tell me about being a Christian. All of us understand that there's many people that live a hypocritical life before others in this world. And we need to be careful about that, but we want to be a part of a church that is bringing people to the Lord. And certainly what you see in the context here tonight, I think Jesus always has a special place in his heart, and he certainly has plans for each of us, especially children. So tonight's focus is about salvation. It's about seeing people come to know Christ as their Savior, and specifically helping children to have the right spiritual foundation. Uh, I'm very excited. You say, Pastor, how, how, how excited are you about Vacation Bible School? This is how excited I am about Vacation Bible School. I've already got next year's theme picked out. I, we haven't even done Vacation Bible School this year. And, and next year, you know what we're going to have? We're going to be down on the farm next year. Yeah, we're going from the Arctic this year to down on the farm next year. Brother Tim can black out his teeth next year and put on a straw hat, you know, and all that. And Brother Tim will be right at home, you know, just be like, like he does at the house. We're going to have a great time. But you know what it's all about? It's not about dressing and doing all these things. It's about seeing boys and girls and even some adults come to know Christ as their Savior. Because don't miss this, we do a week of vacation Bible school, but guess what we always do after Vacation Bible School, we have VBS Sunday. And you know what VBS Sunday is all about? It's trying to get those children back here and their mommies and daddies to come with them so that if they, they don't know Christ as their Savior, that they'll see and hear what their children learned all week long, and they will hear that very same gospel message, and hopefully they too will be reached with the gospel. See, I want you to see tonight three aspects about children being saved. Notice the first one is what salvation of children implies. What does children being saved? Now, look, there's always going to be skeptics out there. Uh, listen, I'm not talking worldly people. I'm talking about saved people who many times will say to me, well, how do you really know those boys and girls get saved? And that's not for me to tell. The reality is, is that's God's business. But it's not going to keep us from doing what God's called us to do. And that is that we need to help boys and girls to understand who God is, what the Bible says, and how that they can have eternal life someday with the Lord in heaven. So salvation of children implies that children are being invited to come to the Savior. Well, you know what that means? That means that the application, what it's implying is they need a Savior. Well, why do they need a Savior? Because they're sinners. Now you say, well, you just don't understand little Johnny. He's not a sinner. <laughs> little Johnny and little Susie and all of them. They're all sinners and they all need to be saved, just like every one of us. Look at the Bible says here, a couple great verses that God brought back to my heart this week. Psalm 58, verse 3. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. Psalm 51.5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Proverbs 22.15, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Isaiah 48.8, look at this. 
Yea, thou heardest not, yea, thou knewest not, yea, from that time that thine ear was not open, for I knew that thou wouldest deal very treacherously and was called a transgressor from the womb. I mean, certainly these verses and many others, I mean, I know that when we think about children, we automatically think about innocency. We think about how innocent a child is, but can I tell you that as innocent as they are, they still need to be saved. They still need to know Christ as their Savior. That's why the parents in the passage tonight, by the way, that's why myself as a parent, many of you have done the very same things, is that parents are concerned and they want to bring their children. Watch this. I can't, you know, when my kids were little, I knew that I could not usher my children physically into the presence of Jesus because he's with the Lord, he's with God the Father today, sitting at the right hand of the throne of high. But understand this, that as I bring them to church, as I bring them under the gospel message, what am I doing? I'm bringing them face to face with the truth. And that's what they need to hear. That's what everyone in this world needs to hear. So it's, it's, look, it's not my duty to save them. And it's not yours either, but it is our duty to expose them to the truth. And you think about how many things, listen, how many wicked and vile things kids are exposed to on a daily basis. Folks, I'm talking about exposing them to something that is life-changing for all of eternity. And they need to be exposed to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the truth of the Word of God. Listen to what Paul told Timothy about exposing children to the Word of God. The Bible says here, this testimony, 2 Timothy 3.15, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. And the Bible says, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. It was important in Timothy's life. Look, Timothy was, was very grateful that he had a mother and a grandmother that taught him the Word of God, shared the truth with him, and it was that truth that made him wise unto salvation. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So when you think of the salvation of children, look, it implies something. It implies that a child, just like all of us, is a sinner, and they need to be saved. So that's the implication. Look at number two. What does salvation of children involve? Now, again, when you begin to this, this discussion about children, this matter of salvation is something that comes up. And if you've been saved for any length of time, many times what happens is, is that there's this phrase that I heard early on whenever I first got saved, and maybe you've heard it too, this phrase, the age of accountability. You've heard it too. And, and so, you know, I, I heard that the first time. And so here's what I did was I, I kind of looked through the Bible. I want to see where this age of accountability is. Do you know it's not in the Bible? You, you can't find the phrase. The, now, you can find a little bit of the concept. We'll talk about that here in just a minute because I think the salvation of children does involve some things. But a, a child becomes accountable for his or her own sins when they can understand the difference between right and wrong, when, when they understand. Look, folks, even an adult, if they don't 
if they don't understand they're a sinner, they can't be saved. Uh, you know, it's, it's amazing, but I have had times, and maybe if you've been a witness for the Lord, you probably had a time where you've talked to an adult. I just asked somebody last Saturday if they had ever done anything wrong, and they stood there for about 10, 15 seconds before they answered me. It wouldn't take me 10 or 15 seconds. I'd be like, yep, that's me. You know, I, I, I feel like the Apostle Paul, chiefest of the sinners, you know. And, and the thing is, we, we understand that when children can come to the place where they're able to choose between right and wrong, this is this, is this matter of understanding uh, that they need to be saved. Look what Isaiah 7, 16 says. Part of that verse says, Before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good. So this, this phrase that they use, the age of accountability, really the term age of decision might be a better phrase than the age of accountability. Because it is a decision that everyone has to make, but when a person reaches a level of mental understanding, in other words, they understand nature, the sin nature that's in each person, and then they understand the consequences. Like we use Romans chapter 6, the wages of sin. Many times we use that when we're witnessing to them. And, and I'll say to them, now look, a wage, that's a payment. I'll say to even adults sometimes, <clears throat> you know, do you have a job? And that's even a tricky question for some nowadays. But a lot of times they'll say, well, yes, I do. And I might even say to them, if they say I have a job, I'll say to them, what do you do for a living? And they'll tell me. And I'll say, now, what do you expect at the end of two weeks or the end of maybe a week or maybe you get paid a month? I said, what do you expect? And they said, well, I expect my, my paycheck. I said, that's a wage. And I said, do you know that there's a price tag on sin? You know, children have to understand this. They have to understand. And when they get to the place where they're able to understand that and then make a decision about Jesus. Now, listen, did you understand what I just said to you? It's about them understanding, just like you and I had to come to the place where we understood that we were sinners. They have to understand that they are a sinner, and I believe that's maybe when they've reached, if I could use that phrase, the age of decision. In other words, they're old enough now mentally to understand that they are a sinner, that, that there are consequences to their sin. And so here's the question that a lot of people say, well, this age that you're talking about, what age is it? Now, it varies. I've known, I, I literally know some people who are adults today that were saved when they were three. Now, to me, that's, that's, that's mind-boggling that a three-year-old, but some three-year-olds can understand. Now, I also know some that were not saved until they were a teenager because it took them longer to understand. Look, personally, I sat in a church just like ours, our church, and I, I was there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, for three years. I mean, you do the math. How many messages did I hear? How many invitations did I hear? And uh, my wife just the other day, she just laughed at me again. She said, somebody, that's because he's got a thick head. You know, maybe, maybe that was what it was. Here's what I find is probably that I had a stone-cold heart. I just, didn't want, I just didn't see the need to be saved. And I'm glad that, 
like Brother Gilbert talked about physically in his life, for me spiritually, I'm glad God's been so good to me that God was patient and long-suffering. Look, when we work with children and, and adults, we've got to be the same way because not everybody's going to get it. You even think about a husband and a wife, spouses, how even spiritually sometimes they're in the same home, they go to the same church, they're hearing messages, but they're not on the same spiritual plane. Sometimes it takes people longer. I find sometimes with adults, it depends on how they are even intellectually because this gets in the way of this. Some of the most difficult people over the years that I've tried to witness to were not highly religious people. They were highly educated people, engineers, people who, who you've got to get through all of that before they realize I need to be saved. But see, we're talking about children here in this passage, and you know it's, it's different for each child. But I will tell you this, that some children, depending on their mental, if I could use the word handicaps, some children never get to the place where they can understand that they need to be saved. And we have to realize that too. Sometimes people, they they may not understand that they're a sinner and that they're going to hell because of their sins. And, And when children, I will tell you this, especially if you're paying attention, when children actually come to you and they start asking you and talking to you about salvation, look, when a child comes, never, ever, ever put them off. If a child comes, I had, I, I had a, Brother Kenny, we had a great service Sunday night with the teens and had a tremendous time. And when the service was over with, I was standing outside that door and there was a, a big, tall young man that was in our service. He walked straight out that door, walked straight up to me and started asking me questions. You, I didn't say to him, hey, listen, don't you understand tonight's watermelon fellowship? <laughs> I mean, seriously, you got to have your priorities down. Watermelon first then salvation, you know. No, listen, watermelon meant nothing to me. It was my joy to sit there and talk to him and, and to share some things with him from the Word of God. And when children come, look, don't, don't put them off. Take the time. Look, ask them questions. I, the last two Wednesday nights, I've been, I, I've been uh, had these, and I, I made some more tonight in case there's some folks that weren't here the last two but these, these nice little easy guides. Listen, I kept, I kept some of these in my Bible for years. And by the way, I don't know it all now, but, but a lot of times I, I know these well enough that I, I don't necessarily need one of these to navigate. But don't ever feel bad if you don't maybe know where to go in your Bible the next time. And so I'll have these available again tonight if you don't have one and you want one. But I, these, these are so simple. People say, well, you know, those are for children. Yeah, little children and big children for anybody. The gospel works on everyone. And, and we've got to see how important it is to talk to children. Listen to these questions, simple questions. How about this? You're talking to a child and you might ask them, do you know what it means to be saved? And then just let them answer you. You know, a lot of times, sometimes you'll get some funny answers. Sometimes you, some answers will be a sincere and right on point. And if they know, listen, if they know what it means to be saved, then there's probably a good chance that they're ready to be saved. You can ask them questions like, why do you feel you need to be saved? Why do you feel you need to be saved? Can you explain to me how a person gets saved? 
you might ask them, can you explain to me what is sin? Now look, again, if they can't describe it, then there's probably a good chance that they're not quite ready to be saved. But there are other questions, and I, I'm just trying to give you an idea how you can ask children questions. But listen, just pray for those children and keep talking to them about the Lord. If they don't understand when you are talking to them and when you are sitting with them with your Bible, if they don't understand at that time, guess what's going to happen? They will come back when they are ready. Now that's another reason why I think it's a good thing at our church to have children's ministry and even ministry to adults because what are we doing? We're giving them an opportunity that every time they sit in a class, every time they come to a service, people are hearing uh, an invitation. They're, they're given an opportunity to come to the Lord. And when they're ready to receive Jesus, listen, what we have to do is we have to be careful because what we want to do is point them to Jesus, point them to the Lord. And they will come to him by faith. Now, I will tell you this, and this is very important, especially with children, but even with adults, don't ever put words in their mouth. You have to be careful because if the way you word things, what they're going to do is they're just going to agree with you and they really don't mean it. And a lot of times what we do is we're trying to, we're trying to force a decision when the reality is what we need to do is we need to make sure that they really understand and they really are ready to be saved. Look, I, I think it's, it, it hurts children many times because they come to get saved, they get saved, they, the next time they come again, they come again, they come again. Now, listen, every time, if they're sincere, they're genuine, they're asking, you're asking the questions, you're doing everything. Listen, that's fine, but we need to make sure that we're doing everything we can so that we're not causing confusion or doubt, and they don't, they don't know if they're saved or not saved. Listen, we need to make sure that we tell them, uh, don't ever tell them exactly what they should say. If they understand what they're doing and the Holy Spirit is working on their hearts, then the truth is, even a child, they will know what they're supposed to do. They really will. And you just need to understand, let the, let the Holy Spirit lead you. Some people, again, will ask about children that die before they reach this age that we were talking about, the age of accountability or the age of decision. And sometimes people have asked me because they've had children that have passed away. And again, you go to the scriptures. What does the Bible say about a child that passes away? Uh, one of the places a lot of times I'll go is when David lost an infant son, in the Bible, in 2 Samuel chapter number 12, the, the scriptures tell us, and you can see it there in your notes, David was convinced that his son was with the Lord. Look at the Bible says, David says, but now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? Look at this phrase, I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. Now, I, you, may, you may differ on this, but I believe that when a child cannot choose for themselves, I do believe that they are safe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I personally believe that God would never send a child or even, listen, it could even be an adult that mentally never reached that capacity. I don't believe God would ever send that person to a Christless eternity to be forever separated from the Lord. And I, you know, you, you see this day and hour that we live in, how that abortion is, is just a horrible crime against humanity. But can I tell you that God's grace is even in view when it comes to abortions, because I believe 
personally that those babies that are aborted, that one day they will be in heaven with us, that we'll see them again. And, and again, what are you talking about there? You're talking about the grace of God. I think it's going to be a wonderful thing, but we have to understand salvation of children implies one thing, and that is children are sinners. They need to be saved. It also involves understanding. It involves when a child comes we need to make sure as an adult, that's why I've been making these available, we need to make sure we understand and then therefore that they understand and that by faith they're coming to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. So look, it implies, it involves some things. Look at number three, what does salvation of children illustrate? Now again, the matter of children coming to Jesus, you know what it is? It's a way that illustrates the way that all believers come to Jesus. Now, if you read the passage, you saw it yourself. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child. It doesn't say you have to be a little child to be saved. It says as a little child. Well, what is the Bible talking about here? Well, Mark 10, 15, again, he says, whosoever will not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. Jesus is saying that all that come to him, they must come as a little child. He's talking about some very special characteristics that you find are indicative in children. Now, three of those characteristics are, they are trusting, there's a humility, and the third one is there's a dependence. Now, we know, we know uh, especially even with our own kids, but especially in this crazy world we live in right now, that children are so trusting. That you remember when you had children, you, you told your children, never talk to who? Yeah. But see, children don't know that. They'll just go up to anybody, start talking to anybody. And you have to tell them because they are that trusting. How about this? Children are so humble that they will accept anything you tell them, anything. These pedophiles that pull up and, and, and have candy or something and say, hey, look, would you like some of this? And the kids, they're, they, they just, they'll come right up and, and get in the car with them. They don't even know them. And, and we have to see that children are trusting, they're humble. How about this one? Children are so dependent that... They, 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 they just rest in the ability and willingness of those around them. I mean, think about this. Children don't worry about food. They get up in the morning, they come down to the breakfast table, they just expect it to be on the table. They don't worry about their clothes. They open up their closet. There it is. There's all my clothes. They're totally dependent on shelter. They've got a place to They don't worry about who pays the bills. They don't even know what a bill is. They flip that light switch on, and guess what? They don't turn the light switch back off because they're not paying the bill, you know? I mean, I remember the first time uh, my, I started driving, and I thought it was so neat to go around a corner really fast in my car because the car would make a funny squealing noise. And I kept doing that and doing that, but I didn't realize I was so stupid that every time I did that, some rubber was coming off the tires that my dad paid for to put on that car. And when the tires started to get bald, my dad said to me, uh, son, you're going to have to go get some tires on the car. And I said, oh, okay, give me some money. And he said, no, no, those tires were fine. When you started driving that car, he says, 
you've been driving it the way you've been driving it, so you can go get a And I found out how much tires cost. And look, children are, they're dependent. They don't worry about things. Children don't doubt in their minds and their hearts that their family loves them. They never think about that. They're just that dependent. Children accept things by faith. They don't look beyond the obvious. They just believe. That's why I love children and children's ministries because, look, with an adult, you, tell, you share truth with an adult and they'll say, well, that's what you believe. You share truth with an adult, well, that's not the way I see that. I don't believe the Bible. I, I, you know, I, I, you know I, I just think something different about that guy named Jesus. People, adults, again, all this up here is getting in the way of this right here. But a child, they're dependent, they're humble. Children are wonderful because they're trusting. Look, when a person, when a person is, is saved, regardless of their age, they have to be willing as a child to come humbly before God. They have to be willing to lay down the pride in their life that they've lived with for so long. That's why it's so hard for an older adult. The older we get, the harder it is to see somebody get saved because all the things that they've accomplished in life and all the pride, you've got to get through all of that. Look, they must be they must humble themselves by acknowledging their sins before God. It takes something for a person to do that. They must be willing to admit their works and all their religious activity can never save them. But you don't understand, I've been going to church all my life. Yeah, that's great, but are you saved? See, children aren't like that, but many times when we deal with adults, look, every one of us need to come, as Jesus said, to the Lord like a child. Simply look to Jesus in pure faith, trusting that he will do everything that he promises in his word that he will do. Now, you can see a devastating contrast to this passage. And if you have your Bibles open there in Mark chapter 10, I want you to look at the very next text, the very next group of verses in Matthew 10, because three weeks now we've been looking from verse 13 to verse 16, but look what the Bible says in verse number 17. The Bible says, and when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, good master, what shall I do? If you're in the habit of highlighting or underlining things in your Bible, that little two-letter word, do. Because so many today are trusting in their works, what they can do. And he says, he says Master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There's none good but one that is God. Do you understand the ramifications of that verse I just read? He knows who he is, and he's trying to get this guy to acknowledge that he is God because he's, he's right. There's none good, no, not one. There's only one, and that is capital O, and that is God himself. And he says, he says there's only one. He says, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Now, see, a lot of people, they're living by a set of rules today, by a list. I do this, I do this, I do this. I'm a good person. Jesus is about to put his finger on this man's life. Look at this. He says, thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, 
defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, notice what he called him. He didn't call him Lord, did he? He says, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. Isn't that interesting? Jesus loves sinners. The Bible says he loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved, for he had great what? Possessions. Hey, listen, I, I, I like what I have. I, I, I don't want to give that up. Can I tell you, look, he left the Lord with all his possessions, but guess what he left without? Jesus, without salvation. And folks, listen, we need to make sure that we help people to come to the Lord instead of hindering them from coming to the Lord. Because all those possessions are never going to bring them happiness. And certainly they will not take them with them. And children are so much fun to minister to. But can I tell you that remember this passage, the immediate context might have been about those children coming to Jesus. But remember he says that we, everyone, adults alike, need to come as a child. Trusting, humbly, independence. And as we depend on him for our salvation, that we'll be a part of the kingdom of God. Wouldn't it be a thrill to see people saved this week, coming week at, at Vacation Bible School, see people saved here at our church on a weekly basis? You know they can if we just share what we heard about tonight. And so I'll make these available if anybody wants some of these. So let's pray and ask the Lord to bless in the days ahead. Lord, we do thank you for the opportunity that we have the truth. Lord, may we not be puffed up because we have something that the world doesn't. But God, you've given to us, as you described, keys, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Lord, that if we would just share it with others, that Lord, we know that you, that you will take the word of God and you will pierce their hearts. I pray that there would be a surrendering, a humility, an acknowledging of sin, a repenting of, of people, Lord, that they would get thoroughly right with you, that we would see many, young and old alike, come to know you as Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.